This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal. I am your host and the founder of Den Meditation. Today we are talking to Colleen McCann. She is a certified shamanic energy practitioner. I know people are probably like, how do you even get certified in that? But you can, but it doesn't even matter because this girl's abilities naturally are crazy. And she was hit with them out of nowhere. And the stories are incredible. She actually almost put herself in a mental institution because that's how crazy she felt because it's all happened so suddenly. The conversation is fascinating. We talk about the healing she does now. We talk about negative energies, positive energies, how you can cleanse your own energies. We talk about ghosts, what they actually are, what they mean. She's been featured in Goop, New York Times, Vogue, Vanity Fair, and Refinery29. She also has a new book that came out, Crystals RX. For any of you beginners out there who just really want to know how to use crystals, what crystals to use for what times. This is the book for you, and we are doing a giveaway, so we will have that information for you as well. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm so happy you're here finally, because I know we've been talking to you for a while. Yeah, thank you for having me. Are you kidding? I'm so excited. First of all, you just you the minute you walk in a room, I, right away I was like, ah, there's like so much good energy that comes in oh, with you. Thank you. You feel it. It's like this big smile like surrounds you. Thank you. Even after just getting off the 10? <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Even more so, by the way. And that's true. We were just talking about that, how LA traffic is the biggest tester of any work, inner work you're doing. I, I tried to shake it off before I came in, but there is a crystal for that. Which crystal? Smoky Quartz. Smoky Quartz is the crystal to combat road rage. So when in LA, oh God, I, love it. I pass have it, it out car? like candy. Yeah. Just always have it in your car. Just keep it in your car. Play with it if you need to, but just keep it in the car, your purse. Do you ever just throw it in someone's window and you can tell they're just like about to explode? <laughs> I've thought about it. <laughs> just take it. Because I mean, sometimes you see it. You're like, you. The, I actually... I haven't been around it in a long time where it's bad, but I felt like five years, like about 15 years ago, I remember, I felt like road rage was like at a peak. I don't know why. It felt worse than it is now to the point where I remember getting nervous. It, you would see people like getting out of their cars, like screaming at each other. Yeah. I don't see that so much anymore. At yeah. least I haven't. Maybe I've weirdly like figured out a way to energetically like keep myself from it. But I used to feel like I was always the car behind the two cars that would start screaming at each other. And then I was always like nervous somehow they were going to like just be in my car like screaming at me. Do you know what I mean? That you would have to get involved. Yes. Or someone's so mad at you for doing like some small mistake and the way they start screaming, you're like, oh, that is an overreaction. But like you're the one who's like getting it. Driving in LA is a true practice in patience. It is. Now you're from New York. Or you were living in New York. Yeah, I lived in New York for 15 years. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Like Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Pittsburgh making a comeback, I feel like. It is. There's a lot of um, tech like companies moving there yeah. and a food scene is coming in. And I felt like Philly finally had its moment Philly and it's did. getting its due. And I feel like you guys are next. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you feel that way? Are you proud? I do. I'm, I, I guess I'm proud. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to go back and see all that movement happening there. Yeah, I have a cousin there. 
seems like a really cool place, actually. But then you were in New York, and you were in fashion. Ah, oh, yes. So I do want to talk about this a little bit. So now you're this incredible healer, like the healer, you know, for Goop, for everyone. You've been written up everywhere. You've got this amazing studio in Santa Monica. So I want to get into all of this. But I know a little bit of your story, but I'd love to share it because it is just really cool. Like, it felt kind of abrupt. Yeah, and fucking crazy. Right, which that's the part I love about it. <laughs> so can you talk about it a little bit? Because you were in fashion, right? Yes, and yes. And very much in it. Oh, in it. Right. I mean, I started as a designer, and then I realized I didn't want to sit in an office near a computer. And so I got into styling, and I worked in the international division of Condé Nast. And Amazing. Um, when I was living in Brooklyn, I was in a bodega in the middle of the night working on a trend presentation for a client, 2 a.m. or so. And... I was walking to go up to the counter with my favorite sandwich, and I heard a voice say, there's going to be a fight about bananas, and the guy's going to be 32 cents short. I spun around, and nobody was there. And I was like, okay, I'm getting the chills. whatever. You know, I keep walking. And then, like, true New York style, somebody comes from, like, the display out front with the bananas, pushes me out of the way. The two, like, start going at it about money. And I thought, oh, my fucking God, I am not only tired, now I need antipsychotics. So I wrote it off. Right. I went home. I was just like, whatever. That's a coincidence. I'm tired. Like, I don't know. Or did you believe maybe you didn't even hear it? No, I knew I heard it. Was it really clear? Like, what was it? Was it like it as was if someone a, was standing behind you? Yeah, it was a dude's voice. Dude. Yeah, a deep? guy specific. Yeah, a deep, manly voice was talking to me about this. Was it like, Odega. what's your name? Theranos voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like obsessed with that whole thing, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and so I went home and I wrote it off and I kept writing it off until I started waking up and seeing uh, ghosts walking through my bedroom from my apartment into my neighbor's apartment. and Like through the wall? Yeah, through the wall. Or they'd be like standing by my bed, which was super creepy. And so you said creepy. Were you scared? Like, could you tell if they were good or bad? Or were you just like... Was I was so fucking freaked out. I, I didn't know what to think. I just knew... But you were clear they were ghosts? Yeah, I knew what it was. I just didn't know why it was there I did I was like are ghosts real like I it just I had a lot of I had a lot of questions but this is kind of what I love about the story <laughs> you weren't someone who necessarily believed in ghosts no I mean right. um I came I you know I grew up in the midwest like strict Irish Catholic family went to Catholic school my whole life and um when this stuff started happening I was like well this certainly you know, does not go with the uniform skirt I've been wearing my whole life. <laughs> right. The curriculum here is way different. Um, so it was, you know, I didn't really have anyone to turn to and talk to. Um, I felt I felt weird talking to my family about this, and I, I didn't really have anyone in the woo-woo world at that point. It was just it was just me. How long were the ghosts visiting you? Um, the ghosts... So like a daily occurrence or yeah. nightly? Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting. It got louder and louder and louder until I started listening because I, you know, I was running. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I mean, it really started to get crazy when I started having people coming up to me on the street, like in the subway. I was actually at Fashion Week at Bryant Park, and this woman comes up to me, and she's like, your whole life's about to change. I can see your vibrant green aura, and I need to talk to you right now. And, of course, I was like, get away from me. Um, no thank you, and I, like, ran the other direction. Was that person a ghost, or was that person... Go ahead. Fair question. 
that person was a real person. So it was kind of like um, I started hearing voices, the ghosts started showing up, the premonition dreams came, and then because I still wasn't paying attention. So what were the premonitions? It was, you know, what was interesting, it wasn't anything crazy. It was just stupid stuff. Like bananas again type Yeah, like banana stuff. So like, <laughs> but it was more uh, like my cell phone would be down and I'd, you know, I could tell it was ringing and I knew I would just have this snap in my head. I was like, oh, that's this person that I haven't talked to in 10 years and they want this. And that would be who it was. So it wasn't like, oh, my mother's calling to tell right. me something. Again. again. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not my mother again. Um, so you know, after all of that stuff started happening, I was like, holy shit. Um, I was like, do I need to check myself in? Like, do I need to go to a mental institution and, and, you know, get some help? And the one person I told that this was all happening, she was like, crazy people don't check themselves in. And I said, that's a really good point. And so I ended up in a psychic's office. Who was that that you spoke to? Oh, a very longtime friend of mine. Um, Actually, another uh, shaman. Was she a shaman at the time? She was not, but she was into this. She was my only friend. That like skirted in woo-woo. She skirted in the woo. Like I remember I would go and uh, she lives out out east in the Hamptons and I always see on her bookshelves like there was books about auras and she was always talking about meditation. Now, so here's my question to you. When you were friends with her before this stuff started happening and she would talk like this, would you just tune her out? Would you be engaged? Were you intrigued or were you just like, I love her, but uh uh-uh? I would, I mean, I, I consider myself a very open person, open, open, but skeptical always. And I was, I was just into it. She's like, let's, let's go meditate here. I was like, okay, let's go. I mean, I I was never turned off to it. I just, when someone was looking at me telling me I was a healer, I was like, I don't know what that is. No, I work in fashion. Please (laughs) go away. New York street weirdo. Right. That was my response. And it's in New York where like it exists. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, yeah, um, all this stuff started happening, and I find myself in a psychic's office, and I'm a Virgo. Had you ever been to a psychic? No. Uh, And again, someone I worked with. That's why I love this story so much. Because it's it's like, no, because it really, it it feels like a movie. It's like, let's pick the most (laughs) unexpected person, which is, we'll talk about that when we get through the whole thing, but go ahead. Yeah. So, um, uh, a colleague of mine comes up to me at a client's one day that we were both consulting on, and she said, do you believe in psychics? And I said, I don't really have an opinion on the subject. And she said, you should go see my friend, Asa Hoffman, who's a psychic. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I guess so. What's he going to tell me? And she just didn't really say anything. And then I went home, and I was like, well, maybe that guy could tell me why I'm crazy. How close were you to this colleague? I was pretty close. And did she or she or he know what was going on she in your life? She knew what was going on. Oh, okay. So there was a the prompt. It wasn't like this yeah. random walking out of the thing. You need to go to a psychic. Okay. Yeah. We had just kind of started to get close at work. And, you know, let's like fast forward a long way. Like she's also kind of an intuitive person and was she knew. being a helper of, on behalf of the universe to like push me in the right direction. So I end up seeing this guy and... Again, as the skeptic, I wouldn't tell him my last name, why I was coming. I wouldn't even give him my email, right? right? And I'm like, he doesn't know anything about me. And I get to his office, and he flings the door open and just looks at me. And he's like, oh, you're not crazy. Your your healing senses are just turning on. You're psychic. Come in. We need to talk about this. And he says, "Um, 
your whole life's about to change. You're going to leave fashion and you may even move to California. (laughs) And I was like, fuck that. Yeah, no way. That is pretty much what I told him. But he kept going, is this and this and this happening? You know, all those things that there's no way he could have known. And I actually, because I am a Virgo and very organized and I like lists, I actually made a crazy list and I (laughs) took it with me to this guy of all the reasons I thought I was crazy and I wanted to go over it with him. And he addressed all those without even looking at the list. I mean, were you... Like at this time of your life, were you actually like really scared? I mean, we, we joke like I thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. Yeah. But like if you legitimately think you're going crazy, that's terrifying. It's like that moment you really think you have a brain tumor or the moment you think you like have a, a disease that's going to kill. Like that's a terrifying yeah. feeling. Yeah, I was beyond fucking terrified, uh, ashamed. Um, you know, I just I, I didn't understand. I couldn't wrap my head around what this was and this was the first man that started to give me context for what was happening I mean so think about this for you know any of your listeners um, that are going through something like this what were my options at the time I was going to go see a psychic which again there's nothing wrong with with that or go to a mental institution to see if they could help me like what would have happened if I would have walked into like a psychiatrist's office and told them I was hearing voices I imagine in my head one of their first steps would be to highly medicate me and imagine if that's what would have happened instead of taking the other road so how and obviously I don't want to I mean you can answer it however you want but I know it's a tricky question but how many people do you think that do go in with voices in their head or schizophrenic or stuff like that? It's really more this connected yeah. to the spiritual world versus actually something going on. Well, it's a really interesting question. It's actually been coming up a lot lately. And I, I truly do believe that there's a, a high percentage of people with mental illness that are just um, people that have gifts and haven't haven't been supported in the right way. And they've um, ended up where they've ended up. And I have another creeptastic story about this. I was actually in Venice and I was waiting to get a massage and um, I was sitting in the waiting room and it's a, a glass storefront and I was honest to God thinking about this and um, I was like, well, maybe, you know, people are just, uh, uh, the people that have Tourette's are yelling out things that they feel off of somebody when they walk by. I was truly thinking about this and this guy comes up, um, homeless man, and presses his face against the window and looks at me and, like, locks locks in. And all of a sudden, he started yelling out everything that was going through my head that I was thinking. And he looks at me and gives me the thumbs-up sign and walked away. So, again, I always get it in the face when I have a question or I need to know something. I know you have a very East Coast spiritual, like, experience. I love it. It's all, like, boom. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Right? I love that, like, he came screaming and then just, like, gave you the thumbs up and walked away. Totally. Wow. Wow. That actually gives us a lot to think about. We talk about homelessness a lot on this this podcast. So it's, like, it's a whole other way to look at it, too. Yeah. And I know you're not saying, okay, that means every single person has these, like, you know, capabilities, but it is saying a lot of people are misunderstood. Agreed. Which is sad. And then you wonder, like, what you were saying, you're in this, like, terrifying place and to feel trapped in it and not have that outlet. And you had two outlets. And one is the outlet that actually suppresses, so it's not an outlet at all. And then you were lucky to get the outlet that actually helps grow it and shoot it out. Totally. Yeah. 
Right, so this, you're at the psychic, and he's like, <laughs> I know, detour, but I like it. Yeah, so, so at the I'm psychic, at the psychic, yeah. and he's like, guess what, you're psychic. And I said, okay, no. Now, did you start believing him by the end of it, or you were just feeling better that you didn't think you were crazy? Um, none of the above. Okay. I'll take letter D. Um, I was completely in denial. I still, I, I wasn't listening, and he said, well, you need to find a mentor. Here's some books to read, and, um, you know, kind of like shooed me out the door when we were done and I was like where am I supposed to get a mentor for whatever this is I don't even know what this is and did you read did you take the books that he or I did I I mean I started reading the books but I ended up um at my friend's house the one that had all the books about the chakra system (laughs) right and I was like Ava guess what happened and I told her all this and she pats me on the face and goes oh you finally figured it out (laughs) And she says, you need to talk to this lady named Marissa Powell. She is a long distance energy healer. And I was like, what's that? And she's, she basically said, she's like, well, you're going to lie down on the floor, put your headset in um, with your phone and just be open to what she's talking about. She's going to come through the phone and heal you. And then I was like, fuck that. Yeah. But the thing was, I was feeling so sick, so out of body. So what do I do with this? I was like, okay, well, you know what? That psychic guy told me something that sounded true, or he was giving me information or breadcrumbs or something like to at least think about. Maybe this lady knows something. Can can we talk about for a second? Because you said you were feeling sick and out of body, but I think that's important to talk about because I don't think people realize how much whether it's something as huge as this, you're getting these huge capabilities, or you're yeah. just going through like spiritual growth. Yeah. We're healing how it, it 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 affects like the contents and like just your body's constituency, right? Like, yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what were you feeling? I will. So, um, I actually at this point, and I feel very blessed to do this. I I actually work with a lot of um, budding healers or people that don't even want to get into healing, but they're highly sensitive, right? And so um, when people take in information, um, they can take it in as clairaudience, which is obviously when you're hearing voices, clairsentience, those are our empaths, the people that say, I, I just feel something in the room, or I touch somebody and I feel something, clairvoyance, that's when it's obviously vision, and with eyes open or closed, waking life or asleep, you're taking in some type of picture or kind of movie image. And then claircognizance, which is the one that telepathy's in there, people that just know and literally can't explain. So everybody, it seems like um, most people, it comes in like really strong in one category and there might be like little sprinkles of another. I had all four of those turn on at the same time. I was going to say, you you described all of those. And one of the most, uh, you know, condensed cities in the world. So like going on the subway for me turned into like a fucking circus rodeo if it already wasn't. So and, I'll give you an example. And just also just energetically, like <laughs> if all those channels are opening up, yeah, what's happening in your system? Well, you know, um, I was tired all the time because obviously I didn't, I didn't know if you want to put it this way, how to keep my energy to myself and have good boundaries and keep other people's energy to themselves and away from me. Not that it was bad, it was just not mine. Um, so I would be tired like that all the time, picking up on everybody's stuff because it was such a a condensed environment there's there's noise everywhere um even how you live right like watching I'm like oh there goes a ghost walking <laughs> from my apartment to my neighbors and probably through my other neighbor's apartment and 
you know, it's, it's just everything's so tight and compacted there. So I feel like it, it also made everything feel a little bit more, um, intense. Maybe I had a very, um, loud opening around my like 28th, 29th birthday. Do you, this is when it all happened around oh, yeah. your 29th birthday. Like around ha- Saturn return. That's so interesting. Yeah. How, why do you think it was so loud? Because I wasn't listening. Do you, so when you look back, <laughs> do you feel like there were a lot of things happening that you were just totally not paying attention to? And then finally it just had a gobsmack you like over the head? Absolutely. Because when I really started to think about it, I was like, oh, maybe around 27 stuff was happening. But again, it was smaller that I could write it off. Right. I'm like, oh, well, of course I see that person walking down the street because they live York. in the same. Yeah, yeah. We, we all live on the same island. So, yeah. OK. Um, but it then it just started getting louder and louder and louder until I couldn't turn it off like that voice. Um, I only hear that voice when I have to be protected from something. It's the only time you hear that like specific same, male voice. Same voice. Banana guy. Yeah. Banana guy. Banana guy. <laughs> so I was actually, I was at the corner of 5th and 46th and about to walk across 5th Avenue. And this man um, had his bike in his hand and we're, we're walking in time. And all of a sudden I heard that voice go, stop, 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 stop. Like, don't cross the street. And the guy I was keeping time with kept walking. And where I was, I would have gotten clipped by a car. And this guy got hit in the knees instead of me. Oh, my God. But the guy didn't get severely hurt. Um, but it was like, okay, whatever that voice is, is protecting me. So I think I'm going to listen because I just saw someone get hit by a car and it would have been me. How many times have you heard that voice? Like um, how often does thank he God, show not up? too many times, because it's normally in a you know a, a dire situation. Do you yeah. still see? Do you still like? I know we're jumping past because I want to hear about the healer over the phone and how that worked. But like, <laughs> so when you describe, do you still have all of those? Did it like open stuff up and then refine itself, or is that how it works for you? You see ghosts, you hear voice. Like, do you still have all of those capable? Like, yeah. I hear, see, no feel all the time. Wow. And how it manifests, though, like in the best way to say it, if if I'm sitting in a like in a one on one session with somebody, I might in conversation, it might go, well, I'm feeling this off of you, but this is what I see. And I know that. And it's so it's coming in at all directions. And I have to be completely um, open and fluid to allow it to switch, which, again, was something that I had to train to do. So then let's go back to, you're now like turned on, your energy is insane, you're not feeling great, and you finally yeah. get on the phone because you're like, this is the only thing I'm that's... I'm feeling super fucked up. Right, and you're like, this slightly made sense, so I'll give it yeah. a go. Yeah, so I'm laying on my uh, magic carpet in Brooklyn, <laughs> and uh, I called this woman, Marissa, who lived in San Francisco, and um, I put my earbuds in like I was told to do, and I laid down, and she started doing a couple like... Uh, to me at the time, I know she was opening her reading space, but at the time, meditative breathing is what it sounded like to me. And all of a sudden, um, my pelvis jolted like someone had taken uh, the heart attack pads and put them <laughs> on my hips. And I didn't say anything. I'm just like staring at the ceiling, my eyes like super wide. And she goes, mm, that's better. I had to readjust your hips before we could start working together. And again... I was like, oh, my God, can she see me? Right. <laughs> right. Like, I started looking around. I was like, there's, 
I didn't tell her. She has no idea that just happened, and she said it to me. And again, I was like, it had to be that loud to get me to pay attention. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to listen to this lady right now. It's funny because I know you read the book, Many Lies, Many Masters, but it's like that was his experience too, like just the biggest skeptic. Yeah. Like such a skeptic. And then it was just, all right, at a certain point, how many of these like hypnosis sessions are these people going to be saying this shit that I'm not going to start like believing? Yeah. So I love that it like hit you the same way. It's like you're still like, hmm, how are they seeing me? What's happening? I just... That's when you know shit's real, when you can, like, win over the skeptic. <laughs> totally. I was the biggest skeptic. Skeptics are still some of my favorite clients. I'm sure. <laughs> Especially for you, I'm yeah. sure. So she readjusted your hips. Readjust my hips, did a session on me, and um, I got off the phone with her, and I was like, I don't really know what just happened. Um, she She proved something to me, like, she did something that I felt across the country, so I have to take this into account. Um, but I feel better. I don't know what it is, but I feel better. So I'm going to talk to this woman again. And so I ended up talking to her once a week for three years and she became my first mentor. And what I noticed was at first she's like, when you think about when somebody's all like fucked up and their energy's out of order and whatever she was doing, what any healer is going to say is a, you know, an energy healing session on you. And what I noticed was After a while, though, she stopped doing healings on me and was teaching me. And then came uh, the next mystical bomb. So we're like three years into our relationship. And by the way, except for Ava from Long Island, nobody had any idea I was doing any of this. Not my friends, not my family. And when you were learning at this point, it was like healings. Were you just feeling better? Were you learning how to integrate all the energy? Were you... She was like dropping little information bombs on me. She's like, well you could try this. You know what I mean? It was just little bits of information, but then this is, this was, here came when shit hit the fan again. (laughs) She, so I was in Joshua Tree actually for a photo shoot. And um, so I was not in my Brooklyn apartment. She was in San Francisco. So I took the call while I was away um, out in the desert. And she's, you know, working with me and then says, Um, I, you know, I have a really important intuitive message. Can I pass it to you? And I said, sure. And she said, you need to go to shaman school. And I was like, what? And she said, shaman school. And I, of course I start fighting her. I was like, no, no, I'm just doing this to get well. I'm doing this so I can go back to like, listen to the sentence. So I can go back to, to set and not hear voices. That was like my goal in Your life. Your goal is to get to, rid of them. To get rid of them. I was just like, go away. Ha <laughs> So You didn't even realize. You're like, oh no, they're here to stay, I know. my friend. <laughs> I know, right? Joke was on me per usual. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm fighting with her. And she's, you know, rightfully started getting pissed. And she's like, well, you know what? You're down the street from the school, the four winds that I would like you to attend. You could at least check out the school and she hung up the phone on me now remember she didn't know you Instagram were there. doesn't exist yet I didn't have Facebook like there's no way this woman knew where I was she had no idea I was traveling I never told her I looked up that school it was 11 miles down the street and of course I was like fuck me now I have to go to shaman <laughs> school So did you, okay, and I love that there's shaman school. And I want to talk about that because I feel like some people would be like, no, if you're not like in Peru or in the caves or in the mountains, you're not really becoming a shaman. So talk to me about that. A, what's the school? Like B, did you have to stop your career at that point? Is this a full-time thing or is this like a weekend thing? Like how, how, how did it integrate into your life? Well, that was another three years. 
So I would, it you know, it was it ran like college in the way that you would go for a week and then there'd be like two to three months of like homework, integration, all that stuff away from campus. And then you'd go back again and obviously you start with like the one-on-one and you keep getting more and more advanced. And so I did um, a three-year training with the Four Winds called the Light Body School. And that was my one of my certifications. And so what would happen, I, I studied at um, in Joshua Tree at the um, Institute for Mental Physics, Omega Institute, we'd be up there in mm-hmm. upstate New York, and then in Chile and Peru. So I was a couple different places. And um, it, you know, it, I mean, it, it changed my life. It, it helped me... Um, have a platform and a safe space to start to explore what this was. And it was so interesting because, um, again, I went in there skeptically and it was because of the experience that I had with all these strangers that gave me the confidence to do this and to actually really believe that I, I did have a gift. Um, do you want to hear a story about bracelets? I would love to hear a story about <laughs> bracelets. <laughs> so um, <laughs> right before I went to the first, like, the 101, like, this is like psych 101, right, before I go to this class. Um, and when you get there with shaman school, there was 100 people in the class. Well, I was going to say, what's the application process? And do they let anyone go? And then they just assume the right people will I think they through? do a little. I mean, I... I've never worked on their right. You're not on their, that side. That side, so I'm not sure. But you have to you have to write a an entrance essay. They do an interview with you, and then um, you get accepted or you don't get accepted. So um, I again begrudgingly went to shaman school, and before I got there, I was in I was in my apartment in Brooklyn, and I started going through my jewelry box, and I found these two Alex and Ani charm bracelets that have Saint Christopher on. They were matching. I had been at a Bendel's trunk sale and met the owner and had gotten these bracelets and hadn't looked at them in years and I had to take them. So I get there and the I mean, first that's so weird. You just had this need I to ha- find them. I had them. I had to have them with me. I didn't even wear them. I just took them with me. And of course, now I can say my intuition told me to do that and I would listen. And well, I listen most of the time because I still kind of get hit with it sometimes right? <laughs> when I'm not listening. But anyways, um, I get there, there's 100 people in the room. They said, okay, you know, we're going to teach you this healing technique and you're going to practice on each other. So out of 100 people, I get paired with a guy named Christopher. And I was like, okay, mildly weird, but didn't think much of it. And so Christopher comes over and, um, you know, as a good shaman, you should be able to track someone's energy without them saying anything to you. And they were explaining this to us. So they're like, if your client doesn't want to share with you, they don't have to. And so Chris sits down and he just looks at me. He's like, I don't want to fucking talk about it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> right away. Right now? I, like, I don't know what I'm doing. So he lays down and I was told, you know, put your hands on his head and then do a whole bunch of other things. And, well, I put my hands on his head and all of a sudden I felt a dead guy behind me. And I knew what he looked like and what his name was. And he had a message. And this was not what they had just shown us to do. This was not channeling 101. Um, <laughs> you're like, was, you're like yeah. on the, your senior year. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good. Here come the dead people again. So, um, I put, so I had my hands on his head, and I was like, um, yeah, hi. So uh, there's a guy named Dave here, oh and God. he's tall, 
and he has dark hair and he's wearing a blue fleece zip up that has a crest on it. And he's kind of got this like, yo, yo, yo accent, but it's not New York, but it's over there somewhere. And he says to stop blaming yourself. So now Chris is upset. He is emotionally disturbed by the news I had just shared. And the room's all zen, right? Everybody's all quiet except for us. I'm like, shh, 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 shut up, <laughs> right? Like, stop it, please. Like, I'm so uncomfortable. There's like, you know, a manly man in front of me crying. Everybody else is quiet. Like, I don't know what this is. So, um, you know, and I'm telling him all this stuff. And <clears throat> and after the uh, healing was over, which I don't actually even think I got to the the healing part that I was supposed to be doing, he sat up and I was like, could you please just tell me something because I, I don't know what's happening right now. And um, he said the guy that he was asking for healing for was his best friend named Dave who died on his 21st birthday, which was like 20 years prior. And so they were both um, EMT firefighters in Boston. That was the accent. accent. And he said that fleece zip up is what we wore around the firehouse. And we went out on his 21st birthday and we took him home and he died of alcohol poisoning and he blamed himself because he's like, I was an EMT. I should have seen it. We should have taken him to the hospital, you know, all like blaming for this. And he died. And wow. I was like, whoa, shit. So um, obviously very long first day at shaman school. So I went back to my room and Dave, the deceased, wakes me up in the middle of the night, standing in the corner of my room like a creep. And he says, those bracelets are for um, my mother and my sister. And so Chris knows you're not lying. My sister shares the same name as him. And he just like zipped out of the room. They just want to know I'm okay. Right. That was I'm what literally, he I have yeah, chills this really all the way down my shins, which has never happened, happened to me. To me. <laughs> I always so, get chills here, but not all the way down my shins. <laughs> That's weird. So I, you know, walk into school the next day with these bracelets jingling I'm like oh my god what is happening in my life what am I doing with these bracelets like what is what is happening so I go up to my new friend Chris and I <laughs> your was only like, friend <laughs> yeah my only friend who's yelling you know doesn't like yesterday <laughs> yelling at me um and he and I said so um yeah so does uh Dave have a sister and like all the white leftist face and I was like I'm gonna take that as a yes and is her name Kristen and he's like here it comes again he starts yelling at me Chrissy doesn't have Facebook and Chrissy this and Chrissy that yelling uh. at me. And I was like, oh, God. Okay. So um, I relayed this message and he goes, what do you want me to do? Take these to his family? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm a, I'm, here comes a mirror, mirror on the wall. I'm from a strict Irish Catholic family. I can't do this. And I was like, well, I know that pain. So, but you know what? I got 99 problems and I don't need one more. So <laughs> you can, good luck to you, sir. And so he takes these bracelets after shaman school is over, finally takes them to the family and told them what happened. And the mother and the sister verified. They're like, we have actually been asking for Dave to send us a message that he's okay. And just one more creepy layer, the sister apparently had one item of Dave's, which was his high school ring, and she lost it about two weeks prior to going to shaman school. And so the bracelet replaced the ring. And she, she t told him she asked for something oh of his. And so she got this bracelet. And so 
again, I didn't really understand fully what was going on, but I knew I was helping somebody. Whatever all this stuff was, was making me feel good somehow instead of scared, if you can believe that. And I, I stuck with it. Wow. And then you just, uh, you just went full force after that? Well, so I got, I got near the end of the school. I still wasn't like, okay, yay, I'm going to leave fashion and become a healer. Right. That was never my internal dialogue. Um, we got to a class near the end that I had been waiting to take, which was the divination class. And that's learning to work with cards and crystals and reading tea leaves and uh, reading the clouds, reading water, all of this um, very like old school divination stuff. And so the teacher says, tonight we're going to have a psychic fair and you need to come as your alter ego. And the idea hmm. is there's, there's 20 people in the room. 10 people sit as, a, as like the psychic reader and people can come up and get many readings and then you switch. So basically the idea is to experience all these different energies and learn how to switch and read somebody in a, a quick manner. So, um, so come as your, you know, your alter ego. And I was like, oh God, and I got invited to a party. I'm in the middle of the woods <laughs> and all I have are my um, press clothes that I need to wear when I go to fashion week next week in the city. So I'm like back in my room, like, what the fuck am I going to wear? I'm like looking for some type of like, you know, spiritual fringed something and is not appearing in my suitcase. So I was like, okay, I will wear my press clothes. Perfect. I have come to this class. I have sat in silence in these classes with a dirty top knot and yoga pants for three years. I am going to let these people see what I really look like during the week. So um, I blew out my hair, lashes, stilettos, like the whole thing. Oh, I love it. And I'm standing in my cabin, and I was like, okay, now I need something to read. And I said, what would a fashion psychic read? <laughs> and, you know, I was like, oh, I have crystals or tarot. No, I don't want to do that. I was like, I need a fashion magazine because fashion magazines are literally like a deck of tarot cards just binded together that's what I thought in my head I was like there's numbers there's pictures I'll, I'll be fine so I'm like running through the woods on the campus of Omega and I go to the bookstore and this guy who's behind the um, counter looks at me and with full judgment is silently going this woman just got off on the wrong stop of the train like the city is right, an right, hour right. and a half south like what are you doing here and I was like hey there do you have a fashion magazine <laughs> judgment continued and, um, and he's like, no. And I said, anything from Oprah? No. Women's health, a pamphlet from the Dalai Lama, anything? And he's like, no. And so this girl taps me on the back and she is an Australian photographer here for breathwork class. And she said, I, I overheard you. I have the September issue of Vogue in my room. Do you want it? And I said, yes, I do. So I ran to her cabin. I got this magazine and I run to class. And it was literally one of those like open the door, record stops. Everybody's staring at me like I'm a fucking freak. <laughs> again, here we go again. And I think it was also because... Um, I was the quietest student in the class. I didn't allow anyone to get to know me. No one knew anything about so me. They had no clue. This was they actually had no who clue, you were. right? What I did. So um, I came in and I was like, "Okay, uh, I need props." Um, I okay, red yoga mat. That is my red carpet. And so, and I got two <laughs> red yoga poofs, and I invited people to come sit down for red carpet readings. 
So somebody sits down, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. I love how into it you got, though. <laughs> I did. It's great. So I'm like, um, okay, um, pick a page between 1 and 402. <laughs> and she picks a page, and it's a Marc Jacobs bag ad, and there's this, like, tall, androgynous female model, and she's totally naked, like, holding the bag like this in front of her body and I look at it and I'm like oh my god what's happening and I heard um so you're uh changing your entire therapy practice and you're going to help people that are struggling with gender gender identity issues and like I saw the white weaver face and she's like that's what I'm doing right now and yeah how do you know that and I'm like, the bag ad told me so. <laughs> and so I ripped it out and I handed it to her as a symbol of what she's working on right now. And then somebody else came over. And by now it had caught wind in the room what I was doing because it was a little unorthodox. And, and also you were probably right on. Like I was, you were actually probably the psychic everyone wanted to go do at this point. I was definitely smacking people in the face with a little bit of information. Yeah. <laughs> um, so somebody comes up and says like, 402 is the last page with the credits and the tiny words that you can't read and she literally laughs in my face and she's like good luck with that one there's no pictures and I looked at it and I was like no this is the right page I see it um that book you're writing all the white leaves her face I was like I know you're arguing with your lawyers and about the price and which continent to <laughs> release it on first and da 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 and she's like I just got off the phone with my lawyer at break to talk about that. And so I ripped out the page and I said, good luck to you. But here's my question on that. So <laughs> you were using the book, right? Yeah. But what, when you the person would sit down, were you really getting the voices that would download the information or was something coming off the page? Um, it was a see here, no feel moment. <laughs> it would come when how it came. Like, there could have been something on the picture that popped out. It could have been a number. It was the situation. It I could have just heard something. I had a vision or all of the above. And it would just it would just come into my body and shoot out of my mouth somehow. But if she sat down and didn't even pick a page, chances are you could probably give her the same reading, right? Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I think um you know, the tools help me focus and actually help the client focus too. And it gives them something when they they walk away to, to focus on, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know energy goes where you put it. So if it literally gives her a visual, him or her, to, to at least be a symbol or a post-it note from the universe of where, the what they're doing, then, you know, I've done my job. Right. So you gained confidence in so this So I gained confidence. So what was funny... Um, I thought, oh, my God, well, if I can read a fashion magazine, <laughs> I, mean, I can read a closet. And that's where Style Rituals was born. Um, and I guess you could say that a Vogue magazine and charm bracelets and true fashion stylist style changed my life and launched me into my career in healing. And I also love how, <laughs> it, no, but it was like the perfect bridge for you that you needed to feel comfortable with it. Well, Like yeah. it was still in a world that you were comfortable in and could talk, you know? And also look, I mean, and I'd be curious to hear your point of view on this. There's a lot of identity shifting happening too. Like we're talking about it from energetic and these crazy things happening in jobs, but like it changes how you know yourself, how you see yourself, who you are, the people around you. 
that's a lot. Like you can't do that too quickly. I feel like if you do it quickly, it could like really send you into a depression. Totally. So I feel like this makes so much sense that this was how you like kind of really jumped into being like, okay, fine, I'm going to heal, but I'm going to do it through clothes. I'm going to do it through the closet. I'm going to do it. Like it makes sense that that was like the last remnants of your world that you weren't ready to give up yet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a, it was an internal struggle because I would, Again, you know, and I think, and again, we, let's acknowledge this, it's just a stereotype, but when you think about people that are super into healing, right, they're, um, they're, they, you know, and again, stereotyping here, they live in California, they're vegan, you know, they're meditating like half their day, like all this stuff, <laughs> not all this stuff, not true, right. right? But again, that's the stereotype. And I would think about it, I'm like, I am never going to be some Buddha type monk person on the mountain not gonna shave my head I eat hamburgers I wear high heels to work like what the fuck like this is what I am and I can't I can't change that part and, you don't have to. and so I didn't and um I think that you know the biggest blessing for me was that spirits like oh you know you're not leaving your industry you're gonna go right back in there because you look like them you talk like them you get their problems and so I really love that I'm, you know, my fashion clients became my healing clients and I'm still working in my community. I still work in fashion, beauty, entertainment and wellness. That's basically where I circulate and, and I, I love it. And, it, you know, it never stops because I, I remember um, the first time I did, I started doing crystal readings that again, you know, I'm like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And um, some girl sat down in front of me and she wasn't getting what clear courts meant. And I was looked at, I was like, and again, I was like at a beauty brand or something doing this. And, she, and I was like, look, clear courts is like the black skinny jean of the crystal world. Cause <laughs> it is a neutral and it goes with everything. And I was like, Oh my God, that's it's why you're never going to leave, leave me. Like it is ingrained into my body to talk like this. But I think that's beautiful. Cause again, <laughs> like you said, there is, it's everyone thinks you're supposed to act and talk a certain yeah. way and it's bullshit. It's like, you can be anyone and still be a healer or, you know what I mean? Totally. And it's, it's like, we talk about that with the den all the time too. I'm like, you don't have to talk a certain way or act a certain way to be a meditator or a teacher. It's yeah. like, that's just not part of it. So I love that. And by the way, and by doing that, you actually connect and communicate with a whole bunch of people that might be alienated from something that everyone deserves. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, um, I, I love it. And I, one of the greatest compliments I get are people going, well, you don't look like a shaman. And my response is thank you very much. Hey guys, do you love Colleen as much as I do? Well, here's the good news. Den Talks Live, the next one is how to heal yourself. We have an amazing panel of healers and Colleen is one of them. So come June 8th, La Brea location, reserve your spot now at Den Talks Podcast because it will fill up where we're going to talk to these incredible healers from different modalities and maybe they'll even give us a little taste of what they do and you have a chance to ask all your questions because I know it can be really confusing what healing is, what energetic healing is, but imagine the feeling when you A, understand it, get to know what it is more and then leave feeling empowered that you possibly can heal yourself too. So come join us. Again, it's June 8th at La Brea location. Go to dentalkspodcast.com. So talk to me about like day to day for you. Like I, I want to talk about the healings you do, but like in general, so you have all these, you have a lot of abilities, like more than I'd say most, like you said, some people, one is really strong. What do you do now? I mean, now you have a clear handle on it, but I'm guessing you walk in a room and can you shut it off or do you always see things? Do you always hear things? Do you always know things? Like what's the balance for you? It's always there. And it was a lot of education on how to 
turn the volume down and not engage with it, with it when it's not time so that I can just go and hang out with my friends. Like, it's always there, but I have to, like, it's, like, take, you've got to, that stuff has to, like, take five steps back. Have you ever gotten information you wish you didn't have? Yes. Yes. And what did you do with it? Um, kept it to myself. It was, there's been some, like, big gut check moments on whether I should reveal something or not reveal something. And, you know, it's it's an energetic boundary. Like, you don't pass information to someone that they didn't ask. So if someone doesn't engage with me that way, then I don't give it to them. There's been a couple times that it's been, like, I literally have been pushed so hard by my guides to go tell somebody something. And I still, because I'm, like, I'm at a cocktail party or something. Right, right. And I'm, like, but I introduce myself. I tell them what I do. And then I say, I have a message for you. Do you want it? Hear it. I don't ever push somebody. Uh, how often? On how someone. often has someone said no? They've never said no. I was gonna say. Usually, <laughs> I would. That's why I asked that question. I'm like, I'm sure people are like, uh, sure. <laughs> but what? Like, I mean, I could imagine like if you're with your friends and you either have a feeling you know they're. Would you tell them if you knew they were sick in a certain way? Or, or do you know that? Like, is that something? Or yeah, no? I mean, I, you know, there, it's, I'd say with, like, my guides, there's there's no subject off limits to them. I I get very, you know, bright and sparkly information, and I also get things that are very, like, deep and serious. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's a it's a judgment call for me. It's a hard boundary. It, it's, and it's really, it is really hard because I, I've had... Have you ever made the mistake? Like, has there ever been something that you're like, well, this is why now I have a stronger boundary? Yeah, there's definitely been a couple times and it's like stuff has like flown out of my mouth and I didn't... Again, it was a learning process, right? Here, I'll give you a good example. Sure. When I didn't really still under have a handle on this stuff, I was backstage at a fashion show and an executive came back and said she wanted to have her you know her black suit lint rolled and so I'm like lint rolling her and she's just really chatty and I was like oh. I was like oh no problem yeah but I mean nobody knows about the baby yet and it's gonna be fine <laughs> and like and I could feel her body do like just tense up and I looked up and she's like who told you I'm pregnant? Nobody knows I'm pregnant. Only two people. And that means one of them broke uh. my trust. And I was like, fuck. Because they didn't. Right. And I still didn't have words. I was like, um, I don't know. And I don't care that you're pregnant. And I promise I won't tell anyone. Like, I'm going to forget about it when you walk out of the room. And I will never tell aye anybody. Aye even though everybody's obviously going to find out in like a, a couple weeks. months. Because yeah. you're going to show. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so, like, I had that happen. That, weirdly, not in the same way happened to me once. I remember I was in New York, same thing. I was a baby executive. And I was, we were in New York, and a much higher-level executive came in and thank God, came in the elevator, and thank God was talking to the executive around me and were loud, because right when they walked in, all that came out of my mouth was like, congratulations! Oh, and I realized, and by the way, and I went like this, I was like, why did I just say, I actually was like, why did I just say yeah. that? And I'm like, you don't know she's pregnant. Like, you, and I just got quiet, and she didn't, I feel like she kind of did a this, but it was like buried. And then I like let it go because I was like, that was so weird. Why did I do that? And then it came out like a few weeks later, like my friend who knew her was like, oh, she's pregnant. I'm like, yeah, you're like, yep. Oh, it was so weird, though. But I remember like it came out and I was so happy it was buried because I'm like, because um, then part of me was like, did I just see a bump? And then that would be rude. And then women hate that. Like, that's oh, where God. I went right away was like women hate that. But it was so bizarre. Yeah, pregnancy with women, it's always touchy. It's very touchy. It's always touchy. So 
So can you, like, what about with the visuals? Can you quiet that down? I do my best to do that. And are, now, okay, can we talk about ghosts for a second? Sure. Everywhere, always? Yeah. So, like, in here right now, like, anywhere you are, streets, and there's never, do you ever walk in anywhere and it's empty of ghost or spirit? I mean, occasionally, but I have to be in a really empty place. Because there's so <laughs> many people here. There's, right. you and know, people and bring people with them, right? Yeah, and people, because also when you're looking at that stuff, and this gets more into, like, doing house clearings and stuff, but with a space, you're like, is that is that energy attached to the person? Is it actually attached to the house? Or is it attached to the land? Like, what used to be here, right? Right. Now, here's my other question about ghosts. You always hear different things. You hear, sometimes you hear ghosts just aren't people, like aren't ready to necessarily move on. Sometimes it's, no, it's just people who go back up. So what, in your understanding, what is a ghost? It's a little bit of everything. There's, there's you know, disincarnate or stuck spirits that haven't crossed over. And that's normally, um, if somebody died in a very um, abrupt or tragic manner, there's normally like, well, I didn't get to say goodbye or there's like unfinished business here. So that's like, that type of ghost. There's, you know, land spirits that just kind of stay and protect the land. There's, you know, when we think about like uh, evil spirits, like, yeah, that's a thing. There's, there's, and there's spirit guides. Like there's just, there's so many things uh, interacting with us that we don't even see. How have you dealt with the polarities? Like, how do you deal with the negatives? Like, do the negatives come into you? Like, I mean, because like you said, I'm assuming there's duality and everything. There's polarity yeah. and everything. So I'm assuming just like with the angels, there are negative forces. Sure. Do you see those too? Uh, yeah. And I tell them to get the fuck out. Is it scary? It used to be scary. Yeah. I mean, the first... Do they look different? Definitely. Yeah. And it, it is like, you know, when you think about the movies or even in someone's imagination, like normally not always but it's like it's a something that feels darker right. right or looks darker even or is like half dead like skeleton looking right something that could I think in people's imagination you think looks scary or gruesome that's real so can we have a weird heady conversation for a second sure so like in a negative sense like a negative spirit are those spirits that live in a different dimension that are also hanging out here? Or is that spirit of people that could be that, like, can we have, does that dark force really exist within people? Right. Because I think there's that conversation of like, no, we're all born light and we're all connected to like the yeah. universe. And yes, you can do bad shit and you can have a lifetime of being a serial killer, yeah. but are you necessarily that dark force? That's kind of my question. So yeah. is the dark force, can it be forces that were within us as humans yeah. or is it? other dimensional or other um, type of being? It's layered. There are, you know, definitely like multi-dimensional beings. And there's also like, I mean, I'm, I'm trained in doing exorcisms and I have taken a demonic entity out of somebody's body before. Like that's real too. Um, so now in, in that case, like when you get demonic entities, but the entity is coming from where? It's not what was naturally inside of the person to begin with, right? Well, that's also interesting because there's like, you know, you, let, we're going to get really wooey about this stuff. There's <laughs> I love people it. that have like, you know, come into this world, like born and has been attached to them like from a previous life or something like that. There's been when you hear people talk about something like demonic takeover that has happened to somebody's body and it's normally when somebody's been like you know addiction always falls in there somebody's been like super fucked up like super drunk super whatever on drugs and like it 
that is sometimes a place where to give an opening for because you right, your your energy is weaker, so exactly you're, it's right. like an open door. That's right. There's there is a, a potential invitation there. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it could happen. Um, so it's again, it's, it's like every person is a snowflake and everything going on around them that way. So it's it's always a, a very unique pattern or story, and it's you know you have to you look at the map like you have to be an investigator to figure out what this is around that person. So when you do an exorcism and remove like a demonic entity, where does it go? Where does it go? To the light lady. Is that what happens? Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. And then it transforms, transmutes? Yeah. I love this shit. I do it with a crystal. Is there like <laughs> a certain, do you have like a power crystal yeah. that you use? Which one is it? I do. I use a Vogel crystal. Vogel? Yeah. I've never heard of that. And one of my best friend's name is Vogel. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, very. And he's a powerhouse, but I love it. <laughs> Wait, so what, what is it? Um, to, to make a very long story short, there was a guy named Marcel Vogel who was a scientist for IBM in the 80s, and he left. And he started the Psychic Research Institute, which, oddly enough, IBM funded. And hmm. so he did all kinds of work um, around crystals. And he developed a crystal that, again, to, to keep it in layman's terms, is cut in a certain way. And this is a crystal that we actually use to, to pull entities out of somebody's body. Wow. And then they get run through fire and there's a whole, you know, there's a whole long process to this, but that's like a very basic version. You're pulling the entity out and you're removing it and you're transmuting it with light and with fire. When you do healings, what is like what what should someone expect? Like they walk in, do you totally just kind of take someone in and then gear it towards what's going on? Or is there like a go to that you do? It's different every time. I, I These days I find myself actually doing more like intuitive readings is like um, become with crystals and tarot is like something I do day in, day out. But um, whether it's a reading or a healing, it's it's different every time. Like the subject matter is is different for everybody. So crystal, so I love it. So you came from like reading closets and fashion books. Like what's your favorite tool? Crystals. Crystals. So you love crystals. <laughs> yeah. And when did you finally start getting into crystals? Well, actually around the time, um, like again, 28, 29, I, I found myself back in, you know, I was in the crystal store and this woman said, go ahead and pick out um, some crystals. What do you like? I just walked in and she's like, what are you looking for today? And you know, under my breath, I mumbled my sanity and all I could get <laughs> out was like, I don't know. And so I picked a couple crystal necklaces. Obviously I was like, well, if I'm going to pick a crystal, I'm going to wear, wear it. it. Yep. And, um, you know, she just looks at me and just fucking read the shit out of me and was like, this is happening, this, this, and this. And I'm like, Oh God, this woman knows everything about me. Why from jewelry? What? And so I bought them. What do you think through all of this and all of your changes has changed the most for you, not in your life, but as far as like your perspective on the world? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I just think the world is so much bigger than we can even understand. Yeah. I mean, it is. Is that what it feels like to you? Like it just exploded open for you? Yeah. I mean, the the universe felt vast before and it feels it just feels so big now I mean the possibilities are endless do you feel like I mean you ended up moving to LA you did all of that but how do you feel like through this growth what was the balance of like how did your relationships change 
did people go by the wayside? Like, did you have to let go of things that you yeah. never thought you'd ever expect to let go of? Yeah. I had to let go of my old job. I had to let go of where I lived. Um, a lot of m my friends and I parted ways. I mean, my entire, my entire life changed. Like, I when you say you're friends and you parted ways, do you mean like as friends or like you left them from the, like, are there friends you had to let go of, whether it be overt or not? Yeah. I mean, there's obviously like that girl, Ava from Long Island, we keep talking about, we're still friends. I'm like, sure. We've been friends for 15 years, right. but, um, there's, there's people that we just became, you know, two different people. We became two different people. I, I grew, we grew apart, whatever you wanted to want to say. And it just, it happened. But my. I mean, my entire life was uprooted, and I always say, like, anybody that knows who Goddess Kali is, she's, like, you know, the goddess of death and transformation in the Indian tradition, right? And I'm always, like, I feel like she picked me up and, you know, shook all the change out of my pockets when I was 29 because everything changed. Do you have a special connection to her? I do, yeah. When did you find that? Then. <laughs> <laughs> How? Like, was it through? I mean, right, She's she destroys to create. Yep. Right. And everything with I say this with like full positivity got destroyed, got fucking leveled in my life. And do you think you had any choice about it? Like, do you think there were still ways you could be because we talk about this all the time here. It's like opportunities always there if you're open to seeing it. Things yeah. Like answers are always there if you're open to hearing them or can hear them. Yeah. But so many people will continue to turn left away from right just because yeah. it's easier, it's what they know, and it feels more comfortable. Even though I would say there's no guarantees in that path either. Do you feel like yours was so strong that it, was there any way for you to avoid it anymore? Could you have not been turning right and kept turning left or no? I, I often wonder that. It got so loud and it was like, when I wouldn't listen or do something that was kind of going down that vein, my life felt hard and scary and miserable. And when I would like turn towards whatever this stuff was, it felt like, you know, Moses was parting the seas. Like it just felt, even though it felt equally as scary and weird, it felt easier. It was like there was no struggle in it. Right. I'm like, where am I going to find a mentor? And like the mentor shows up and I'm like, right. where am I going to, you know, do that? It was always that. And it would just appear. Right. How am I going to read a fashion book? Like, yeah, it was just like easy. ease and grace. Do you keep in touch with people from that school? Oh yeah. I still, the guy, the firefighter, he's one of my best friends. Oh, he is. Oh yeah. Does Dave come through anymore? You know, that's, it's actually really weird. Dave, um, Dave has made a couple other appearances in my life, which again, I'd call Chris and there'd be some like creepy weird story between the two of us. But now, yeah. Does Chris see stuff like that for you? And do you get that stuff for yourself or does someone else have to get that stuff for oh, you? No, I get it for me too. You get it for I, too. I don't see as loudly for myself, um, but I still do. There's um, someone I work with too. Like I'll, I, I do like a, you know, maybe two to four times a year, I like sit down, get a healing, get some guidance around. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I was feeling that, but that really like, you know, nailed it. Okay, that makes sense. Or like I had like 75% of the information and she gave me that last part, like that kind of thing. So yeah. I definitely feel it for myself, but not, I think normally with as many details. Right. Isn't that interesting? It's so life. It's like we never can get our own shit. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> talk to me a little bit, and I know we're going to talk about it later too, but a little bit about the planets. Like when did you start kind of incorporating 
that stuff, like, you know what I mean? Like as you're going on this journey and now there's crystals, you're also very into planets, where they are, how it affects choices you need to be making, things you should be doing, your moods. When do you feel, and it's not just the moon, because I feel like the moon is a very popular one. That's what everyone talks about, full moon, new moon. It's everything. Um, Yeah, it's really, you know, I mean, for for the skeptic, right, it's always, well, if the moon can move the tides why can't it affect you because you're you're like an ant compared to the ocean right. right and um that goes for the rest of the planets and it's it's become really interesting let's so i do uh, a session called an intuitive business building for people and so a lot of <laughs> as funny as this sounds but like you know my fashion and beauty execs come and see me and we're plotting out their year based on what's happening around the planets they may not tell anybody but um we're working i'm like okay well you know this is in retrograde here or while you know while it's aries season this is the time to be doing this and this is a time of communication and this is a time to turn inwards and all these things so we're actually putting together you know charts for their year around when they're going to do stuff based on planetary work because it's like a boost it's a boost and it's you know it's like why have to be a salmon and swim swim upstream if you don't have to because it's like so we think about it like mercury was just in retrograde which we know is like so don't sign a contract don't try and start something new don't swim upstream in that way make it a time to go inward and do other type of work right and then we popped out of Mercury and right into Aries, which is a great time to like put yourself out there. Force, fire, right? Masculine energy. So, but also during Aries, don't, don't try and be inwards, you know, don't, don't be a hermit at that time. (laughs) It's so if you actually just look at what's going on uh, with the signs and where all the planets are, it, it completely can help to govern when you do things. It's amazing. It is such an amazing tool. Yeah. And do you feel like, and then what about adding your own, uh, like birth, like your birth signs, like where you were, all the planets were, does that affect it at all? Or is it, like, does everyone's individual chart affect how the planets are moving as well? Yeah, a little, a little bit of both. But again, for someone that just wants to like go easy or toe in the water, I'm just like, you know, follow astrology and whatever they're, you know, what, what they're saying, right? This is a season to do this. This is not that trust in that and just follow what they're telling you to do. What what are like, do you do daily rituals for yourself? I do, a lot of them. A Gratitude lot. is big. So yeah. again, the Virgo in me, I actually, I have a, a very long um, gratitude list that I look at. Um, I have mantras for every month of what I'm working on, again, based on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> and I go over that every morning before I get out of bed. That's, that's a big one for me. Um, I practice yoga three to five times a week and putting my forehead on the ground again, more gratitude of being grateful for what I have and being able to be here. Um, Again, saying thank you for that. Those are, I mean, I think those are really big ones, but sage, palo santo, um, having good spiritual hygiene, sea salt scrubs, like that kind of stuff, just because of the work I do I love spiritual hygiene. I love that word though. So is that, I was going to say, what do you do? Do you get, because you must carry so much energy with you. And obviously these people are around you all the time, like literally. (laughs) But I mean, when you're clearing it, there's like residue on you, right? Totally. So between every session, I clean my office and clean me. 
every session, wow. not once a day, every session. So before I start in the morning, between every client, at the end of the day, and then I go home and I also sea salt, do sea salt scrubbing or something else at home to take other people's energy off Do you off take of a lot me. of baths? Yeah. Now you're in a relationship, right? Yes. So what's <laughs> that perspective of, of being someone who can see, hear, feel all those things in a relationship? What's the twist? I feel like that's got to be kind of hard. Does he feel like he has an unfair advantage? <laughs> I think it's been... Or you have no, the unfair advantage. Like, Sorry, that's what I meant. He's super into it uh, and super supportive of me. I will say it has been a problem in the past with past relationships. Um, like, uh, you know, I, I told someone once it was like, don't lie to me because I know when you're lying. <laughs> right. I might not fully understand the lie, but like I literally like... I get a certain body sensation when someone's lying to me. I do too. And so he kept lying to me and I'm like, I know you're lying to me and then would cause fights and then I'd, you know, like that kind of thing. So it's definitely. My husband now knows. It's like the joke. Whenever I make the joke, no matter who it's about, I'm like, they should just know. I'm always going to know. And he, and he's like, they should just know that. Cause he had to learn the hard way. I'm like, I'm going to find out. It might not be right away, but I will find out always. Cause I know yeah. he's like, it's true. Yeah. So how, but does, do you, so in that sense though, do you know his thoughts sometimes though? Like, and could that be a bad thing sometimes in a relationship? Yeah. Fair question. I think that <laughs> goes for like, you know, friends and family as well. Um, that's a boundary that I do not cross. But how okay. do you not cross it? Like, is, can you shut it off or do you just not let them, you just somehow control yourself to not let it affect how you behave? I, yes, I do my best to, to not put my nose where it hasn't been asked to go. Um, and I stay there. So again, sometimes I, I don't go looking for anything. Like I never go into someone's energy field unless they ask me. Right. Um, I have their permission and um, again, occasionally something happens and I'll say to my boyfriend, like something has like been in my field very strongly for like two months. Can I talk to you about it? And he may say yes or no. Interesting. Has he said no? He hasn't said no yet. <laughs> I love it. Every time I ask you that question, you're like, nobody says no. But you do ask. Let's do your four years for you because I know you have a hard out. So four quick takeaways for our audience. Um, what's your favorite book? Well, the gateway drug book was uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. That was my gateway, Changed too. Changed my fucking life. Yeah. Me, too. I remember exactly where I was sitting when I started reading it. I've given that book to so many people. And it was a lot. It was, I was, you were probably in your, I was in my 20s at the time, too, early totally. 20s. It was, like, right when I moved out here. And it just changed my perspective on everything. Yeah. Um, type of meditation you rely on the most? Shamanic journey work. Ooh. Ooh. I love that. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Um, so using, again, you, what would you see a shaman doing with all this is like sometimes having a drum or a rattle or some type of recorded drumming and rattling and um, going basically to look for information. It's a very, like when I explain it to people, it's a very like active form of meditation that you're actually going to look for answers right. instead of kind of letting it come to you. To you. Yeah. It's very East Coast meditation. I you like know it, it. lady. <laughs> helpful tip for a valuable meditation. Um, helpful tip. Let's see. I would actually say giving yourself the time and space to actually do the work. Because I've, I've watched people come in and they're like, 
playing with her cell phone. Their cell phone's not in airplane mode. They're like trying to do other things. They're, it's just like they're all over the place and not being focused actually about doing the meditation. Do you have anyone who comes in for healings that's like on the phone yeah. while you're doing your stuff? I see a lot of people in New York. But don't you want to <laughs> be like... I've had people call me while driving on the highway to do a session. And I'm like, you either need to pull over or we're going to have to speak at another time. And it, or people in the grocery store or like yeah. all kinds of things. But what about even in your, like when they come to you face to face, anyone like lie on the, I'm sure there's like a bed and they just start. Yeah, it'll start dinging in their purse and we stop. And I tell them you're going to have to turn that off if you want to do this session because this is, you. this is, you're not being respectful to myself or to you. And we need to honor this time together. And you're not going to get the most out of what you want if your brain's floating somewhere else. Isn't it crazy, though, how people... My mom's a pediatric cardiologist and has to yell at moms when she's telling them news about their child. She's she, And my mom's, like, really strict. She's, like, 70. She's older and, like, very anti-tech. She's like, if you don't put your phone down, you're leaving. Like, she gets... And I'm like, but I get it. Like, you're, you're in with the doctor who's giving you news about your yeah. kid. Like, how, can you not give your phone off for, like, two seconds? Yeah. But they're, like, literally, like, excuse me, like, typing. I mean, it's amazing. Um, what's your current obsession? The OA. I saw season one. I have to see season oh, two. Is season two so good? Yes, season two is I love season so one. good and a thousand times trippier than season one. Well, they were setting up the trippiness of yeah. season one. So like it has I'm so excited. If, yeah. if you guys have not seen it, you have to. Like it fits in perfectly with everything we're talking about. Totally. And I think it, you know, I think it's really important because it gives people a chance to think about things like about past lives or multi-dimensional reality or you know where do we go when we die is near-death experience real like all that stuff and I think it does it in a really a fun way why would people not believe in near-death experience I mean I guess why do people not believe anything so right. it's, I guess my thing is always like why wouldn't you just to me it's like anything could be possible for anything so it's hard yeah. for me to ever be like that can't be true I think fear fear yeah which is so interesting because I would think it'd be such a much more comforting thought of like death not really being the end. But I guess for some people, just any idea that you have to think too hard might be, I don't know. Totally. I think or it's been just, I mean, coming from a highly religious background, it's like, well, it doesn't say that in the scripture right. or that's not right. what my pastor or priest told me or my parents or whoever, right? And it's like that they subscribe to that and stuck with that and you know it might be too scary to propose the question that there might be something else it's true can we talk really quickly because I feel bad that we didn't bring it up but your book oh, yeah oh yeah I wrote a book I know you wrote a book <laughs> you, you know just but you have so many good things to say you wrote this amazing book talk about it so people know because I know after oh. this everyone's going to want to grab oh my it goodness um so based on uh what I've been doing for the past five years, which uh, the book is called Crystal Rx or Crystal Prescriptions. Prescriptions yep. It's basically um, different crystal prescriptions for every area of your life. And we go over the concept of spiritual hygiene. And I take people on an adventure with me to Peru. I was really lucky um, when I did the inaugural in group health, I met this woman named Amy Dickerson, who's a photographer for the New York Times. And she did all the photography for me and followed oh me God. around for six months and came to 16,000 feet in Peru with me. Wow. Um, so we sat with the shamans there and, and she documented the whole thing. And so it's filled with all these 
beautiful images and tips and tricks and how-tos and interviews with other crystal people that are killing it. But I love the prescription like you have because that I think is what makes it overwhelming for people when they first think about crystals. It's like there's so many and they all have a purpose and they all have a thing. So like where do I even begin? And I love that. It's like you're basically giving people like the entry to like really have command, not just understand it, but have command over how you can make them work for you. Totally. And it's, um, again, if you've been listening to me talk, it's (laughs) in a fun, palatable, yeah, F- you are f bomb kind of way. I love and, it. Um, it is. It's. It's definitely a book meant for beginners. That's so that right. That are just toe in the water. Amazing. Want to figure it all out. I love it. You are just a blast, and it's like you have so much energy. It's clear stuff's running through you because you have so much great <laughs> energy. It's been so fun to sit down and talk with you. Don't leave because she's going to do her personal practice. But thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it's my it. Pleasure. Now Colleen's going to walk us through her personal practice, which is a cleansing practice we can all do. That's right. And in true form, it's going to involve a beauty and fashion ritual. Um, There is a woman named Andy Scarborough who is a hairstylist and healer who owns a company called Crown Works Crystal Combs. And she also does uh, really amazing hair rituals and has been a teacher to me in that way. And so she has these crystal combs. And so what I do every time I wash my hair is um, obviously getting into the shower, shampoo, and then when I have conditioner on my hair, I'm actually running this comb through my hair and doing um, uh, work in the way that I'm asking to release any energy that is not mine or of my highest and greatest good. Please be released from my seventh chakra go, you know, go down my hair, go through the water, be observed or absorbed into the earth and taken away from me. And um, it's a really easy practice you can do. You can travel with it, which I do, this tiny little crystal comb. And I really do feel more clear-headed when I do it. And, you know, I think it was, it was actually really interesting because when I was writing the book, um, you know, to my, to my own admittance, some of my self-care went to the wayside because it was a very overwhelming experience, although amazing, overwhelming. And at the end of um, writing the book, I I was actually in the shower and I realized I was like, I haven't done that practice in like two months. And it almost became a symbol to me to remember to have really strong self-care. I'm like, you don't have two minutes while you're in the shower to, to clean off your your crown chakra or comb your hair even, or like do something that just feels good to you. Um, So I would say get this tool and you can get it at uh, crownworks.net. And um, it's, it's amazing. And it's a two for one. You are conditioning and combing and clearing your seventh chakra all at the same time. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also, wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so great to be appreciated. It really does exist without these incredible people. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Dentalks Podcast, and join us there.